So your picky eater only likes a handful of foods, right? And it's a problem because you want to eat different foods for dinner. They don't want to eat what you made. And then you're stuck in this position of becoming a short order cook, just going off their whims at the moment of whatever they feel like having. You're not happy to be doing this extra work. And what's even the point of cooking a meal if your kids aren't even going to try it? They're not happy because they don't want what you made. They tell you something they want and then they still aren't happy about that. And then maybe you even feel like you need to go get them something else altogether. This isn't serving you and it's honestly not serving them when the goal is to work towards them actually eating what you made. Welcome back to Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. Yes, it can get easier. I promise. I'm Casey Barnes, registered dietitian nutritionist with a master of clinical nutrition. And I've not only seen my own picky eaters eating improve, but hundreds of other kids too. Take a second to hit follow on the podcast. So I'm always here when you need me. Don't ever leave me because I'd find you. Who knows what movie that's from? Let's talk about what is a short order cook. And how do you know if you're doing it? Are you asking your kid at mealtime, or even after you've already made something else, what they'd like, and then you just make it? The question itself of what would you like is one that you really don't have to ask your kid because it's so open-ended and you're going to have much better results if you give them choices. But If you find yourself just asking them what they want and then making whatever they say, that is being a short order cook. If you're giving lots of alternatives to the meal you intended to make or already made, so like you planned on making chili and cornbread tonight, but you're saying, oh, I was going to make chili tonight, but would you rather have grilled cheese or hot dogs? So you're already giving them an out. Are you getting them something else to eat after serving the meal and they don't want the meal? So you serve the chili and the cornbread, they take one look at it, and they're like, no, I'm not eating any of this. So then you say, okay, what do you want? And you start listing off a bunch of options for them or just letting them tell you whatever they want. And usually the way this tends to feel is that you want them to eat the original meal that you made, like you would love that. And there's a part of you that really hates getting them something else, or you just feel like a failure when you do that. Some of the things that happen in the short order kitchen are that you have backup meals, you go to the pantry when they refuse a meal, you rely on things like pouches, crackers, or bars when they don't want the meal that you made, or you automatically prepare one of their favorite meals without offering the meal you made yourself, or wanted to make. I'm going to give you some tips on how to get out of this habit because being in this short order kitchen operating in this way where you're giving them a lot of control and say over what you make and you're really just kind of letting them stay within their comfort zone and never trying to expand that, it's something really easy to fall into And I've been there myself where you just don't want to have to deal with the fight. You don't want to have to deal with the tantrum. You don't want to have to deal with the whining, Ugh, the whining. So you just say, okay, how can I make this easier for myself? 
And I'm not saying you can't ever do that. I'm all for things being easy, especially when days are really long and stressful and hard. But there are some tweaks that you can make to help move them forward on their journey towards becoming a more adventurous eater. So here are some tips. Number one is to avoid over-catering. So if (laughs) I'm going to use my mom as an example here, good old Mimi, my kids call her Mimi. So she will offer them every single thing that she has in the house. She does this to everybody. Like my husband is at her house. Ben, can I get you a sandwich? Would you like a coffee? Do you want a sparkling water? How about I make you some eggs? Like (laughs) she lists every possible option. So we really want to avoid doing that. And it can be hard, especially if you're somebody who views food as love and you're saying like, I want to offer that to my child. But when you keep catering to them, then they never have to find the skills to adapt to what you made, to really feel like they need to try something new. I'm not saying to serve them a meal of all brand new foods, all things that they've never seen before, things that they don't like, but I am saying that you should have some limits around how much you're offering them. I like to go by the phrase of you provide, they decide. So basically, you're giving them a couple of options and then they can decide within those options of what they want. One of those options should be a safe food, and this is like a core principle for picky eaters is that you have a safe food at a meal that's something that they like and usually eat, maybe not 100% of the time, but it's something that you know generally my kid likes this food and typically eats it, so that's something that you can include. And then the max amount of choices that you ever really want to provide is like two to three choices. So you're not going to pull a Mimi and say, would you like graham crackers? Would you like Triscuits? Would you like potato chips? Would you like goldfish? (laughs) Would you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not doing that because then they get used to that. And then they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm at this amazing restaurant. Every time I come into the kitchen, this is so cool. I can just let her list off the entire contents of the pantry until I figure out something that sounds good. I I don't want you to have to do that every time. Another thing to keep in mind is that it's okay if not every meal is perfectly balanced because you can't force them to eat. So say we go back to this example of you offer a meal, they don't want it. Or you offer, say you make pulled pork tacos and they end up eating just some tortillas and shredded cheese. That's okay. You don't have to say, oh, they didn't eat the meat, so now I need to go make them some chicken nuggets. Or say you made a dish that had some roasted carrots on the side and they don't want that, so you think, oh, well, now I need to go get them a pouch to make sure that they get their veggies in. You really don't have to do that. It is okay if their meal is not perfectly balanced. So don't put that pressure on yourself to say like, I need to go make up for this nutritional piece that we're missing at this meal. When you're offering them a wide variety of foods, it usually does balance out more over the course of a couple days versus within every meal. So a lot of times as adults, those of us who are 
really in tune with our nutrition and want to make sure that we're getting those balanced meals, getting our fruits and veggies in all the time, it's easier to do that as an adult than it is to do that with a kid. So I don't want you to feel like you're not doing a good enough job if they're not eating a fruit or vegetable with every single meal. And that goes for any of the food groups. It's okay if it's not at every single meal. Earlier, I mentioned that you want to avoid automatically going and preparing something else if you're making a meal that you don't think they're going to eat or they you serve it to them, they don't want it. So there are some things that you can do to get your child to be more likely to eat what you cook. One of those things is to start with very small portions of the new foods. So that means as small as a grain of rice. We often use the teeny tiny tasting spoon in my house, which is really just an espresso spoon, but it's small, like smaller even than a baby spoon. And basically, it's just to give them that little tiny bit. We don't want to have a whole bunch of food on their plate because they're not going to feel comfortable with that. So if it's a sauce, you can add a tiny drop. Think about like the top restaurants, the ones that have those really tiny portions. You get like, I don't know, 10 different plates throughout the course of the meal. And it's those really little plates. And they have like a little smear of a sauce. Like it's never (laughs) drowning in anything. It's just like a tiny bit. Or they might have put little dots of different sauces on the plate. Like think of that, but even smaller, even less. Like literally one teardrop size of something. Like that is a fine place to start. I also say this all the time, but if they can help you with any cooking or food preparation at all, That is amazing. You can even set them up on the side. Like if they're being annoying because I just sometimes I'm like, I just need to get a meal made and I can't wait like 10 years for my kid to put each piece of broccoli one by one on this baking sheet. So I'll give them something else entirely. That doesn't matter. That's fine. Like you can give them their own bowl and say three pieces of broccoli and have them put the oil and salt and the pepper and whatever, so that they're not interfering with what you're actually doing to try to just get the meal made, but they're still being exposed to those foods in that moment. And so even if they don't eat those foods at the meal and you're giving them something separate, they still got to have an exposure with that food. You can also do a tasting plate. So if you have something that's new then you can put that on a separate plate or even just a napkin or whatever, something that's separate from their main plate of food so that you're still offering them, exposing them to it. It's coming close to them. They're having to look at it. They don't have to eat it, but it's still going to give them that intro to that food that they wouldn't get if you just didn't even take the opportunity to try to serve any to them. Notice what I didn't say here. I did not say at all to force them to try it or even tell them to take a bite. That's a really circumstantial thing because some kids, you can tell them, I want you to just try a bite of what we have at dinner. And they're like, okay. And it's really no problem for them. But other kids, that feels really hard for them, really overwhelming. And it's just not worth it because it's not going to get you closer to that goal. 
pressuring them, if they perceive what you're trying to do as pressure, even if you are offering in the nicest way, that still can feel like too much for them. So if you notice you've tried to say, hey, I'd like you to try a bite of this, and they're like, no, then that tactic is not going to work for y'all, and that's okay to give that up. Lastly, I have some tips on how to cook healthier meals for picky eaters. If you feel frustrated that they're always eating things that you feel like are not the healthiest or they're always drawn to the things that are from the pantry or are the treats or are the fried things, that's okay. That where you're starting from is just where you're starting from. It's not where they're going to be for the rest of their life. I would use my Picky Eater Starter Guide. I'll put the link in the bio to download that. So that's totally free. You can fill out your list of their safe foods on there and then look at what fruits and vegetables are on their list. If you have any, you can make sure to plan those into daily meals, even if they don't go with the rest of the meal that you're making. Like fruit can totally be served at dinner time if it's a serving of produce that they will eat. If you're like, there are no vegetables on my list, Casey, not a single one, or maybe one or two, something like that, and you're like, well, I can't serve carrots every single day, So that's fine. You can add a fruit to the meal. Even if you're like, bananas really doesn't go with chicken tetrazzini. It doesn't, but that's okay. You can still serve that with the meal. Another thing that I really like to do is to choose healthier oils when you're cooking. So choosing either olive oil or avocado oil to help get some of the more healthy fats into their diet is a great choice to make. With olive oil, I really like to use extra light olive oil, not extra virgin olive oil for cooking because one, it has a milder flavor. Sometimes extra virgin is too noticeable for kids, but also it's safer at higher temperatures. Like extra virgin really should only be used as like a finishing oil. I think a lot of us recipes and things will tell us to use it, but it is best as a finishing oil because of the smoke point. So I prefer extra light olive oil. You'll find it right by the other olive oil in the grocery store or avocado oil. I usually buy it at Costco because I can get a giant thing of it and then it lasts me for a while. And then another thing that you can do is to try to use more whole grains or even like a chickpea or lentil-based pasta to see if they'll accept that. But that way, if you feel like they're really interested in carbs, we can try to increase some of their whole grains there. That's going to improve their fiber. That's going to help with their digestive system. And it's just going to be more beneficial all around. Last thing is to avoid sneaking foods in because if they find you out, they do lose trust and they'll be way less willing to eat anything new or different looking. So It's okay if you add foods in in a way that it doesn't have a noticeable taste or noticeable appearance, but the key differentiator here is that you're not lying about it, meaning that if they ask what's in it, you're not going to say, no, there's no spinach in here when you did put spinach in there. That's where the problem comes in. It's not that you added spinach to their muffins and it doesn't look like it's in there. That's fine. So maybe you're making a smoothie. See if they will add the spinach into it so they can see it actually going in there. That's actually how I got my son to start eating spinach. And now he literally will just eat plain raw leaves of spinach. 
where we started was adding it just a little bit to a smoothie. We go over so much more to help your picky eater in Simple Steps to Picky Wins, my picky eater course that has now been turned into a membership so that I can get you results faster with weekly coaching calls and Q&As and a supportive community of other parents going through the same thing as you. So when you have those questions like, is my kid the only one who doesn't like pizza? Or I totally lost it at dinner tonight when they refused to eat anything. These things have actually happened to me, by the way. You're going to have other moms right there with you. We're only opening the doors a couple times a year. So to make sure that you hear about when you can get in, click the sign up link in the show notes. If today's episode was helpful, tell a friend, tell your partner, tell your mom, tell anybody. I so appreciate you spreading the word about feeding toddlers made easy and five-star ratings and reviews are so helpful and appreciated too. Make sure you're following the podcast so you get notified when new episodes come out. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover in the future, hop on over to mamanosnutrition.com forward slash podcast and submit it there.